Today, I want to talk about people who are short. When I was in the third grade, our teacher asked us to name the goals we had for our life, and I named two. I wanted to have dimples, because the girl who sat in front of me in third grade thought dimples were cute, and I thought she was cute. And my second goal was that I wanted to be six feet tall. I have failed on both counts. I want to talk about people who are short, and I want to talk about them in two different categories. There are people who happen to be short, and there are people whose lack of height is a fundamental part of their identity. Some people are just short. Did you know Beethoven was five foot three? I don't think of Beethoven as being short. Apparently he was. At least some probably unreliable internet source suggests that he was five foot three. He's one of those people that was fairly short, but that doesn't really figure into how I think of Beethoven. But Danny DeVito, five feet even, everybody knows he's short. Because he, he lives into that stature in his characters on film or on television. Some people just happen to be short, but other people make it a part of who they are. Bruno Mars, five foot six. Dolly Parton, five feet even. Prince, five foot two. But I don't think of those musicians as being short musicians. I think of them as being musicians, and I'm actually kind of surprised to learn how short they are. I trust that somewhere the experience of being five foot two shaped Prince's identity and how he performed, how he gave himself to the art of music and performance. But I don't think of those as being people who are short. I think of them as being people who happen to be short. Other people, though, are known for their height. And when they're known for their height, I find that people are usually known either for defying their stature or for making, uh, make, uh, sort of acting successfully despite their stature or using their stature to their advantage. Right? So Muggsy Bowes, shortest person ever to play in the NBA, five foot three. I don't know anything about his ability as a basketball player, but if you search the internet for Muggsy Bowes, the first thing that comes up are videos of him trying to dunk. Right? Did he ever dunk? Can a five foot three man dunk? Right? So he was a successful basketball player despite only being five foot three. Genghis Khan, five one, but a warrior despite being what I would think of as short, though I'm not sure. People back then were a whole lot taller than that, but that still strikes me as someone who kind of lived beyond his stature. Then there are other people whose stature becomes principal to who they are. I've mentioned Danny DeVito, but think about Harry Houdini, five foot four. It probably helped Harry Houdini to be able to wiggle out of those traps uh, to, to be as small as he was, right? Um, there are some people who, who use that height to who they are. And I think today's gospel lesson about Zacchaeus gives us an example of someone whose stature becomes an opportunity for who they become. I love the story of Zacchaeus. Who doesn't love the story of Zacchaeus? It's not an accident that Luke describes him as short. It's principal to his story. But before we get to his stature, I don't want us to miss the other ways that Luke describes Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, which is kind of like saying he was a really good scam artist or he was a wealthy Ponzi schemer. It's not a compliment. Tax collectors made their living by extorting money from their people, their own country people. 
They worked for the Roman occupiers, the evil Roman oppressors, and the ones who were good at it made a lot of money twisting the arms, sometimes literally, of their country people so that they could get money from it. Whatever they collected above what Rome demanded was their commission. So if you were a rich tax collector, you were really good at extorting money from your people, which means that when people saw him, it wasn't hard for them to think of Zacchaeus as a sinner. And his height didn't help that either, did it? We know that God doesn't look upon tall, beautiful people more favorably than short, not-so-beautiful people. But there's something about our biology and our culture and our experience that makes it easier for us, at least for me, but I bet I'm not the only one, to look down upon someone both figuratively, both literally and judgmentally because they're not as tall or as thin or as fair-skinned as we might be. But with Zacchaeus, that, that identity as notorious sinner and short guy combined for this opportunity. We know how the story goes. He wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't see him because of the crowd. So he ran and found a sycamore tree and climbed it. What leads a wealthy adult to climb a tree? Either that wealthy adult really, really, really wants to see Jesus or that individual has already fallen so far in the esteem of his peers that it doesn't matter how childlike he acts. But either way, the effect is the same. He climbs the tree and Jesus sees him. And Jesus says, come down. I'm going to stay at your house today. The people grumble. Why is the rabbi going to dine with a sinner, they say. Zacchaeus names Half my possessions I give to the poor. If I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it four times. Jesus declares that salvation has come to his house because he too is a child of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek, not the found, but to seek those who are lost and to save them. And in some ways, because he was short. And not just because he was short. But because Zacchaeus was the kind of person who didn't have anything to lose, at least in the eyes of those around when God comes looking for you, what's your response? Do you hide in the garden and cover yourself with a leaf because you are ashamed that you are exposed before God? Or do you climb a tree because you want to get a better look? Sometimes in a life in which I still feel like it's my job to project an image of holiness, an image of accomplishment, an image of perfection, when it all comes into question, my instinct is to run and hide from it. But Jesus, God, doesn't come looking for the perfect, but for the lost. What does it mean for us to stop running? Because we know we have nothing to lose. What does it mean for us to climb up in that tree? Probably not literally. But what does it mean for us to climb up in that tree, to leave decorum behind, to not worry what people, what God might think of us, because we've got nothing to lose, and God is looking for us too? What does it mean for us to trust that when God sees us, God isn't looking for someone who is perfect and holy and good and right, 
But God is looking for imperfect people like us. And more than that, that God depends upon our imperfection for us to be available for what God is doing. Because it's only because we're broken or short or not as beautiful or not as smart or not as fast or not as fill in the blank as we might want to be. That's what makes it possible for us to see God and what God is doing among us. Zacchaeus, a short person, but a person who was available for Jesus that day, a person whom Jesus came and found.